special offer. Get a Harry starter set with a five-blade razor, weighted handle, shave gel, and a travel cover. All for just three bucks, plus free shipping. Just go to harrys.com and enter 3366 at checkout. That's harrys.com, code 3366. Enjoy! Broadcasting from the Cradle of Liberty in Philadelphia. All the way to the rhythm and blues of Beale Street in Memphis. To high atop the Wasatch Mountains in Utah. This is where politically correct perception meets common sense. This is the Joe Carey Show. Welcome to the uh, Joe Carey Show. Um, you know, I, most of us, if not all of us, are aware of what happened yesterday in uh, Washington, D.C. And, and, and I don't want to ask you, you know, what are your thoughts? What are you thinking? Uh, what I want to start with is if you were there, and maybe not physically, but imagine yourself there at, in Washington, D.C., what would you have done? Right. So you go and and you have your thoughts of what you're going to do, how you're going to participate. And all of a sudden, you know, you see a group of people, uh, apparently several hundred, making their way to the Capitol. Do you join that group of people? And then when you get to the Capitol, you have another decision to make. Because maybe you say, you know what, they're meeting there, they're taking a vote. I want to let my voice be heard. So at what point do you say, you know, this is too much. This isn't what I signed up for. This isn't right. And when do you say, you know what, I'm out. I'm going back to, you know, the bigger body, the the bigger group of protesters. Because what happened yesterday in terms of the violence and in terms of the, the destruction? Absolutely shameful. There is no uh, measure of excuse for it. And you've heard me say this before. I, I firmly believe violence is not the answer. Storming a building, whether it's private property or public property, scaring people, terrorizing people, that's not the answer. If you want change, you organize, you mobilize, you use your voice, but we don't resort to violence. And history teaches us that. Now, what we saw yesterday was very predictable. When you allow one side of the political spectrum to use violence as a tool and you don't punish it, you don't deter it, you don't condemn it, when you reward violence by giving the rioters what they want, you will get more violence. That's also in history. And when it was essential that Democrats and progressives condemn and punish violence when it was occurring all over the country this summer, they didn't do it. Just the opposite. They carved out explanations, exceptions, and they excused it. So what happened? You got more violence. Not from the right, but from the progressive left this summer. But when people see and they say, you know what, wow, we can do this. We can get away with it. This is how you get things done now. Right? Because we drive people to the lowest common denominator. Well, their side's doing it. We have to do it. And again, that's not by way of excuse. It's, it's being offered by way of predictability. You know it's going to happen. And you know that people are going to be there to exploit it, to push it, to nurture it, to grow it. Yesterday, we saw violence from the right, and it's just as wrong, it's just as unacceptable, and it needs to be punished. And conservatives need to rebuke anyone involved in it. That's from Trump on down. 
Trump needed to show better leadership. You don't call people down to D.C. and tell them to march on the Capitol building. You don't do that. We needed leadership. We needed presidential leadership. And we didn't receive it. Now, I get it. I understand the left is going to be treated differently. Yes, the media and their allies are going to exploit the violence. They're going to try to blame all Trump supporters. They're going to try to blame everybody on the right. They're going to use it to push an agenda that's unassociated with what happened. That's going to happen. But it doesn't justify or excuse future violence. So people say, well, Joe, you know, what is the answer? Because we're fed up, right? We're angry. We need to. I understand that. I hear it. I see it. And you've heard me talk about the answer here on this program before. I don't think the answer is in politics. I don't think it's in big business. I think true answers, lasting answers, answers that change individuals and countries, they emanate from inside, right? Politics, it, it's not a leader. You know, in the next segment, we're going to be, we're talking about a, uh, a, a, a new program on the network. And it's going to talk about movies. Why? Well, because politics is downstream from culture. Politics don't set the tone. They follow it. Right? When's the last time you saw a, a political figure really leading? So the best thing we can do, and it's not sexy, it's not glamorous, it's not going to get headlines, but the best thing we can do is take a look at ourselves and say, you know what, am I making good decisions today? Am I making good decisions for myself? Am I making good decisions for my family? Am I moving in the right direction personally? Because there is no greater predictor of stability within a neighborhood, a community, a county, or country than that. How are the people doing? Are they happy? Are they content? Are they making good decisions? Do they need to be monitored? And I've got to tell you, I, I received a phone call today, getting ready for the show, actually. As many, as many of you know, my, uh, my grandmother passed away. It, it wasn't tragic in the sense that, you know, she lived 100 years and nine months in good health. That, that's a blessing. And she passed away. So I, I'm staying with my mom when I'm, when I'm back here in Pennsylvania. And right before the show, the phone rang. And you know, there have been a lot of calls from numbers we don't recognize just because people are calling to offer condolences. And so I picked up the phone. And there was the voice of a young man, I would say maybe in his late 20s. And this is what he said. He said, uh, um, Grandpa? Grandpa? No, I'm not a grandpa. I'm just a dad. No grandkids yet. And he, he said it three times. Uh, grandpa? Grandpa? Grandpa, is that you? And it was clear he had the wrong number, right? It, it's absolutely clear he had the wrong number. So I'm looking at my mom while I'm on the phone, like looking at my mom with that face of like, do you know this person? Like, who, who is this? And she just, you know, she raised her hand like that shrug of the show. Like, I don't know who it is. But before I could tell the caller, hey, you know, you have the wrong number. He says this. Grandpa, you suck. And then he hung up the phone. And I'm, I'm looking at my mom. And my mom looked at me like, what was that all about? So I hung up the phone. We laughed about it. But here's a guy with all this concern at the beginning of the call. Grandpa, grand, grandpa, is that you? And it's what, it's what confused me. Like, you know, is he, is he calling to offer condolence? Like, because he, he had that kind of voice, that tone. But when there was no reply, when he didn't get what he thought he deserved, Grandpa, you suck. 
and he hung up the phone. And I thought to myself, that's, that's who we've become, right? Oh, if I'm getting what I want and things are going my way, hey, I'm exactly who you think I should be. I'm nice. I'm kind. I'm gregarious. Wait a second. Wait, you're treating me differently than my siblings? Wait, my neighbors got more success than I have? Wait, they're getting the breaks? I'm... And I was like, well, you suck. That's not who we are. That's not, that's not what this is all about. But we don't take the time to reflect anymore, right? We don't take the time to say, how do I be better? How do I be different? It's all about accusations and recriminations. Hey, when we come back, more on that and uh, uh, the new show that we're launching here on this network, I think it's going to be fabulous, uh, Common Critic, right here on the Fed by Ravens Media Network. We'll be back right after this break. Trading involves financial risk and is not suitable for all investors. Past results do not guarantee future performance. Stock market have you nervous with all the massive fluctuations? With the hope for a COVID vaccine on the rise, shifting political landscape, and the election at an end, it's virtually impossible to guess what will happen next. With Vantage Point, you don't have to. Text MONEY to 411411 to find out how our technology can forecast market trends up to three days in advance with incredible accuracy. Text MONEY to 411411 to get what you need to stay ahead of market trends and find explosive moves before they happen. Vantage Point's patented technology analyzes huge quantities of global data in seconds. Stop guessing. Start predicting trends 72 hours in advance. Text MONEY to 411411 and experience Vantage Point for free. Text MONEY to 411411 so you can protect and grow your capital now. Don't wait. Text MONEY to 411411. Go to VantagePointSoftware.com for terms, conditions, and privacy policy. If your credit card bills have gotten out of hand and you care about your credit, call Consolidated Credit now. If the interest rates on your credit cards are so high, it'll take years to get out of debt. Call Consolidated Credit now. They've helped over 6 million people with credit card debt. Without destroying your credit, they can consolidate your debts into one lower payment, reduce your interest rates, and get you out of debt fast. The program works. Call Consolidated Credit now. Call 800-406-0046. That's 800-406-0046. Consolidated Credit Counseling Services, Inc., 5701 West Sunrise Boulevard, Fort Lauderdale, Florida, 33313. Licensed by the New York Department of Financial Services and by the Vermont Department of Financial Regulation, Maryland DM 1492, Oregon DM 80092. Licensed by the Virginia State Corporation, Commission License Number DC83. Service may adversely affect the individual's credit. Non-payment of debt may lead to additional finance charges or collections activity, including legal action, not a loan company. If you're worried about your cholesterol, hear how others are taking charge with garlic. My doctor said my cholesterol was borderline, but I've been taking garlic, and it works. I've been taking garlic for years. My pharmacist recommended garlic. He said there's an ingredient in garlic that helps maintain healthy cholesterol. I take garlic every day. No garlic breath. Lots of people like you are choosing garlic to help maintain a healthy cholesterol. Garlic, it's cholesterol's natural enemy. These statements have not been evaluated by the FDA. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Use as directed. If you haven't switched to Pure Talk USA, you're probably paying too much for your cell service. Pure Talk covers 99% of the country, and plans start at just $20 per line with no contract and a one-month risk-free guarantee. You've got nothing to lose. You can even keep your phone and your number. Get 50% off your first month when you call now. Just go to puretalkusa.com and enter promo code HALFOFF. That's puretalkusa.com, promo code HALFOFF. Hey, welcome to the Joe Carey Show right here on the Fed by Ravens Media Network. You can see all the uh, the shows live and podcast right there on fedbyravensmedia.com. And I'm really excited. Um, this next segment uh, is um, about a new podcast that we're launching. It's called Common Critic. And, you know, I, it, it was kind of inspired, something Brian and I have always wanted to do. 
But I was reading an article by Ben Shapiro uh, with Daily Wire, and he's just announced that his organization is starting a – it's kind of like a production house for conservative-based or conservative-valued media. And I looked at that, and I said, you know what? That's exactly right because uh, Ben Shapiro – I forget he was quoting, but he said, look, politics is downstream of culture, right? Politics is not a leader doesn't determine who we are as a country or as a community. Politicians don't lead. What leads? It's culture. It's movies. It's books. It's, it's radio, television. So a common critic is a look at the uh, movies and film and entertainment generally. The host is going to be uh, Brandon Hodges. Brandon, thanks for joining us today. Yeah, I'm excited. Uh, so tell us, I mean, that's that's quite a nice gig you had there. You go, you watch movies, and then you tell us about it. How does your how does your broadcast broadcast work? Yeah, that's pretty much it, Joe. I don't know if you've noticed, but for some reason, there seems to be a disconnect between what I would call the big fancy critics and then audiences. Um, you look at Rotten Tomatoes, and they'll often say, oh, this movie is fantastic. Everyone should see it. And then you go to IMDb, and audiences say, this is awful. You know, what is that disconnect? I haven't quite figured it out, but it's there. So I came up with the idea for Come Critic. Me and my friends, we just love movies. We go and we kind of take it at surface value and we talk about what we love, you know. Um, yeah, and that, that's pretty much the gist of it. Brian, you're a uh, you're a movie guy too, aren't you? Like you, you're into movies pretty much. Well, not professionally, but I do enjoy them. Okay, so so tell me what one of the best movies that you've seen. What would you say? I want, I want to see if Brandon agrees with you or disagree. What one of the best movies that you've seen? Okay, this was a recent one, and and it wasn't a blockbuster, but it was a, an interview. I, or I'm sorry, a, a movie I found on Netflix called An Interview with God. Really surprised me. Very thought provoking, and I thought it was a great show. An interview with God. Uh, I have not heard of that show. It's on Netflix. Yeah. Is it a foreign film? It's not. It's not. It's a, it's a little independent film. I mean, it's it, it's not you know big budget special effects and lots of CG, but um, just just a really thought provoking show. I thought at first, well, this ought to be quaint, but the more it went on, I just went, this is so well written, and it, it asks and addresses questions that I think a lot of people have, and it was just very thoughtfully done. Now, Brandon, is that is that the kind of movie that you would watch and that you would you know critique on your show? Uh, I would watch it personally. I haven't heard of it. I don't know if we'd have it on the show. We usually have uh, a lot of space for blockbusters, big things. Um, I'm sure we'll talk about Wonder Woman here soon, Joe, but even things like The Mandalorian, Tenet, uh, Mulan, big things that have come out, uh, you know, big, big, big stuff. I do. I am a big independent film fan myself. And Brian, I think you have me intrigued. Maybe I'll, I'll uh, do that tonight. So one thing that I've noticed, it seems like movies, and this will turn me off uh, to a movie really fast, it's when the movie feels like they're able to lecture you, right? So you've paid your money, they figure you're a captive audience, and they were going to lecture you on you know, the behavior of the day. And I, I watched Wonder Woman on HBO Max, and I have to tell you, it was, um, I thought visually it was stunning. Um, I thought it was uh, uh, engaging that way. But the storyline seemed horrible, and it seemed like at every juncture – I think you're 10 minutes into the movie, and uh, Wonder Woman is saying, I don't like guns, um, even though her boyfriend you know, uses them all the time. But she's like, I don't like guns. Uh, and then you know, there was the anti-bullying message, and it's so over the top and so in your face that it just – it kind of sours the movie in general. Brandon, have you noticed like an uptick in that kind of messaging uh, through movies to the public or am I just being overly sensitive to it? No, I think you're absolutely right. I have noticed that. And you know what? It bugs me because I think at the core, people use movies for escapism. And that's often how I will rate my movies is how far did it take me out of reality? Essentially, right. And that's whatever it is doing, even it may be a biopic or a documentary, you know, how well does it keep me in there and not in this, you know, outside world. So I'm not a huge fan of things like that. I've even heard a lot of people speaking of Wonder Woman saying that 
the villain is supposed to represent President Trump. And I was like, if that's your view of President Trump, then <laughs> I have no idea what you're what you're looking at or what you're thinking. You're way out there for me if that's what you're getting. But, you know, I want to put it past Warner Brothers to put that kind of message into a movie like that. So when – well, let me ask you, what did you think of Wonder Woman? On a scale of one to five, what would you – five being the five stars, what would you What would you rank that? Well, I'll go one out of ten because that's how we do it on The Common Critic. I am flip-flopping between a four and a 3.9. And I know that doesn't seem much, but sometimes when I really think about it, I can't bring myself to give it a full four. I just thought it was goofy and it was boring. You know, I had a theater all to myself while watching it, kind of a rare occurrence. And I found myself on my phone for the first time ever in a movie theater just being bored. You know, the first 10 minutes jammed with action. And then the next 70 minutes, you have nothing. And that's a comic book movie. Let's not pretend that we're not all there for, you know, the action and the cool fight scenes and the superpowers, right? That's what we go there for. So wait, you were in a movie theater all by yourself? Yeah, you know, we're fortunate enough to be here in Utah where movie theaters are open. My family in California does not have uh, such a privilege, but... Um, I went super late at night, like super. I think it was like the last showing when my daughter was asleep. So yeah, I had it all to myself. So you buy your ticket, you walk into the theater. Are you expecting to see other people? I was expecting to see maybe a few other people. I was surprised when, because I get there pretty early because I like all the pre-movie trivia and all the different things. And I was surprised when, you know, it got closer and closer to the start of the movie and no one was there. Wow. And where was this at? What movie theater was this at? It's Cinemark just up here in Farmington in Utah. It really is sad because if there's one industry that I personally would want to keep alive, it's the movie industry. And they're hurting. And obviously right now with the, the pandemic, it's a tough time. There's a lot of jobs and stuff out there in this industry that are suffering. So I, I do my best. I try to get to the theater whenever I can. Well, theater's going to have a tough time because uh, which uh, which production house just announced that they're not going to give their movies in advance? Uh, they're just going to go straight to uh, streaming. That would be Warner Brothers, the studio who did uh, Wonder Woman. Um, Christopher Nolan, who also did Tenet, he's done other things, has um, been challenging them, saying, you know, it's not a great idea. It's unfair for a lot of people. It's killing the industry. And, you know, I absolutely agree with them i think rarely is a movie made to be watched only on streaming a good example is the new godzilla movie they announced is going straight to streaming who wants to watch a godzilla movie at home no that's a theater experience man i want to see it on the big screen i want the surround sound i want the shaking that's the fun of it it's not going to be as great a movie if it's on streaming so i i disagree heavily with with warner brothers there I'll have to take you a step back. My question would be, who would want to see any Godzilla movie? Well, right here. <laughs> oh, boy. It's a, it's a guilty Did you pleasure, see the yes. last one? I mean, the last one was unwatchable. Oh, what? Oh, Joe, come on. No, I gave the last one an 8 out of 10. And do you want to know why? Yeah, 30 seconds. Convince me. You know what? I just went there for the monsters, and that's it. I don't care about characters. I don't care about themes. I don't care about color. I just wanted to watch the monsters fight, and that's what I got. Brian, um, just between the two of us, uh, let's let's rethink the whole common critic thing. This guy likes that. <laughs> hey, you're listening to the Joe Carey Show here on February. Stay tuned. Common critic, uh, new podcast launching on uh, FedByRavens.com with Brandon Hodges. We'll be back right after this break.
USA Radio News with Lance Pry. Washington, D.C. police said late Wednesday that a security breach at the U.S. Capitol resulted in four deaths, including an unarmed woman who had been shot by Capitol Police. At least 52 arrests were made. D.C. Mayor Muriel Bowser said there will be an extension of the public emergency for the next 15 days. It gives me the authority to restrict the movement of D.C. residents for an a, um, extraordinary event. Uh, and so what we do by extending uh, this public emergency by 15 days in addition to allowing me to, uh, to to organize the operations of our government, we want to put everybody on notice that some extraordinary act by the government uh, that could restrict their movement or their business uh, may be necessary. The woman shot and killed by Capitol Police has been identified as a 14-year Air Force veteran. Ashley Babbitt was from San Diego, California. USA Radio News. If your credit card bills have gotten out of hand and you care about your credit, call Consolidated Credit now. If the interest rates on your credit cards are so high, it'll take years to get out of debt. Call Consolidated Credit now. They've helped over 6 million people with credit card debt. Without destroying your credit, they can consolidate your debts into one lower payment, reduce your interest rates, and get you out of debt fast. The program works. Call Consolidated Credit now. Call 800 406 0046. 800 406-0046. That's 800-406-0046. Consolidated Credit Counseling Services, Inc., 5701 West Sunrise Boulevard, Fort Lauderdale, Florida, 33313. Licensed by the New York Department of Financial Services and by the Vermont Department of Financial Regulation, Maryland DM 1492, Oregon DM 80092. Licensed by the Virginia State Corporation, Commission License Number DC83. Service may adversely affect an individual's credit. Non-payment of debt may lead to additional finance charges or collections activity, including legal action, not a loan company. The list of cyber attacks on federal government agencies continue to grow. USA Radio News' Dan Naraki reports. Two more federal departments say they've been affected by an ongoing cyber attack that law enforcement says are the work of Russian hackers. The Justice Department and the federal court system were hit, although the amount of damage done is unclear. The Justice Department says that a number of email accounts were accessed, but it doesn't believe any classified systems were affected. The court system says its case management system was apparently breached. Investigators are still working to find the extent of that compromise as well. The Departments of Commerce, the Treasury, and Homeland Security have also been attacked, according to officials. A statement from several federal law enforcement agencies blamed Russian-backed hackers as the source of the ongoing cyber attacks. From the USA Radio News Ohio Bureau, I'm Dan Naraki. National Football League playoffs start this weekend. On Saturday, the Colts are at the Bills, Rams are at the Seahawks, and the Buccaneers are at Washington. On Sunday, Ravens at the Titans, Bears at the Saints, and Browns at the Steelers. This is USA Radio News. Hey, welcome back to the uh, Joe Carey Show. You know, we're uh, launching a, a new podcast. It's uh, Nan Nuts Never. And uh, our first guest, this is going to be on Tuesday, um, the 12th. And our first guest is Brent Ashworth. And uh, he's a historian collector. He collects artifacts. Actually, one of the targets of uh, Mark Hoffman uh, during the uh, Mark Hoffman uh, era uh, when he was uh, – um, sending out uh, these letter bombs. So we'll be interviewing uh, Brent Ashworth. You don't want to miss that. That'll be on the uh, 12th at uh, 12.30 right here on the uh, Joe Carey Show. And then we're also going to uh, make it into a podcast and make it available uh, for uh, listening and download. Um, I want to uh, talk about um, what happened yesterday, but in, in a different context. And I want to talk about it in the context of trust. And what should happen is everyone should take a step back, Democrat, Republican, conservative, liberal, and there should be some legitimate soul searching about what happened. Did I do anything to contribute? Was my voice used or exploited or abused in contributing to what happened? But we don't do that anymore. We don't do it as individuals and we don't do it as a country. And I think part of that is we are in a 24-hour-a-day a news cycle. There's never a pause. There's never time to do it because each side tries to exploit these events. And if you're over there pondering, hey, what could I have done differently? And you're doing legitimate soul-searching, 
instead of attacking or mounting the defense or planning a tactical counterstrike, you're being eviscerated in the news. You're being dismantled. And each side knows that. Each side knows that, wow, if I give an inch, this is going to be like a fire hose effect. So we never do. And all we see are the attacks and the counterattacks, the strikes and the counterstrikes. And it kind of reminds me of, of a battlefield from World War I, right, where you have the two forces lined up. They can see each other, and they're fighting over a plot of land that has long lost its significance or relevance to the fight, but they don't know anything else. So they spend years fighting over this acre, two-acre plot of land. And nothing changes. Now, the founding fathers always said, you got to look at yourself. You've got to make yourself better. You've got to make internal changes. You've got to do things differently. Churches used to do that. You know, take a look inside yourself. Are you contributing in a positive way? What changes can you make? We don't do that anymore either. Because it's more important to too many people. Well, it's like that call that my mom got today. You know, Grandpa, Grandpa, are you there? And as soon as the response wasn't what the caller wanted it to be, he became sour and bitter. The tone changed. The words changed. And I think in a way, that's what we do, right? People exploit these events. They exploit these situations because they want to gain a little bit of ground. And our, our political leadership, they have squandered too much trust, our trust. Look at uh, Eric Swalwell. Here's a guy, Democrat, sits on the House Intelligence Committee. It shouldn't matter whether he's a Democrat or Republican. It shouldn't matter whether he's liberal or conservative, white or black, male, or it shouldn't matter. There is mounting evidence that this member of the House of Representatives who sits on the House Intelligence Committee had an extramarital affair with a Chinese spy. Now, the FBI won't come out and say anything. We know that Swalwell, at a minimum, was interacting very uh, prolifically with this alleged Chinese spy. We know that Nancy Pelosi and Kevin McCarthy both were given a briefing about Swalwell's conduct with the alleged Chinese spy. Kevin McCarthy leaves the briefing and says, based on what I've learned, there's no way this man should be sitting on that committee. Nancy Pelosi refuses to say anything. Now, how can that be? It seems like a pretty simple question. Did you sleep? with this woman and have an extramarital affair, or didn't you? And if the answer is in the affirmative, how can he sit on that committee? Our secret top secrets are discussed in that committee. But because politics has made us so sick at the national level, they can't even agree on whether or not he deserves to be sitting on one of the most sensitive committees in Congress. That's a sign of sickness, not tolerance. And the American people look at that and they, and they begin to wonder, is this body capable of making any decision that's apolitical? Is every decision this body going to make come through the prism of politics? And, and I believe the answer is increasingly yes. Look at the pandemic. The political leaders and uh, leaders in uh, the medical field. They came out and said at the beginning of this pandemic, don't wear a mask. You don't need to. Makes no difference. They also came out and said 
Don't put your fingers around your mouth. Don't touch your mouth with your hands. Now, less than, what, seven, eight months later, you've got to, you've got to wear a mask everywhere, inside, outside. Regardless of, and you know it's okay to put your fingers uh, up to your mouth to take the mask on and off. Now, I don't care if you're pro-mask or anti-mask. You've got to look at that and say, okay, what happened? How do you go from one extreme to the other without pause or explanation? And I get it. I get that there's a lot of uncertainty. That's understandable. But you begin to get the impression that the whole don't wear a mask thing was just to cover the failure of government. They weren't prepared with enough PPE. They didn't want people rushing out and buying masks, so they said, you don't need to wear one. And as soon as masks became available, well, now we can have people wear it. But whenever government, it's kind of like with your kids or your friends or in a relationship or your spouse, every time there's that deception, that dishonesty, You know, sometimes we're aware of it, but we let it slide. I had my uh, nieces and nephews over. And we have like a little chip shelf, a little candy shelf. And I rounded the corner and I saw one of my nephews by the shelf. And he immediately put his right hand behind his back. Right, like he thought, like just super quick. He put it behind his back. I said, oh, what brings you back here? He's like, oh, I'm just looking. I said, oh, did you see anything you liked? He's like, no. And he couldn't, he couldn't walk out before me because then I would see what was behind his back, right? So he, he's just standing there. And I said, okay, well, if you see something, you know, let me know. He says, I will, I will. Now, when he came upstairs, he had a pack of gum. And I didn't say anything. It didn't mean anything to me. Like, take it, don't take it. But when we commit those small acts of, I don't want to say deception because that's overblowing the incident, but even when we know someone isn't being candid with us and we don't confront them on it, when we meet them again, that's part of what we carry. That's part of our perception. It's part of that history in the relationship. And the same thing occurs with our elected officials. When they're dishonest with us, when they deceive us, we carry that forward to our next interaction with that official. So when that official comes out and says X, Y, and Z, and they've misled us before, you look at that and say, you know, that, that doesn't comport with what you said last time. When Fauci says socially distance, when he says wear a mask, but then he attends a Nationals baseball game and he's not wearing a mask, he's not social distancing, you look at that and say, explain that. Like, help me understand why it's important for us to do those things, but it's not important for you to do those things. Because it's not just the hypocrisy, but... It's the leadership value. And that's, that's, I think, what we're missing because now we have politicians that will come out and say, this happened yesterday. X, Y, and Z. This is what needs to be done. And half the country immediately dismisses it as a lie. Because if Nancy Pelosi says it, the people that are on the opposite side say, she no idea, she's lied to us a million times, this is just another lie. And if Donald Trump comes out and says something, the other half of the country, they don't believe it. They dismiss it immediately. That is not only unhealthy, it is unsustainable. Just can't continue where half the country doesn't believe a word of what the other half of the country says or does. That's why I've said it before and I will say it again. You need to know yourself. 
You need to know what you believe and you have to be rooted in that. Because if not, these waves that are coming, no matter how firmly you believe, we've all done it right in the ocean. Like you plant your feet, you're like, okay, I'm ready for this next wave. There will be waves that no matter how prepared you are, they're still going to rock you a little bit. You've got to be rock solid in knowing who you are and what you believe because the challenges are going to be coming fast and furious. It's one of the reasons we said we need a network. We need a program. We need programs where people know that what they're hearing is true. It's coming from a prison where there's no agenda, right? So I get on the radio. I say things that I believe, not because, oh, this is, this is what the Republicans are saying or this is going to hurt the Democrats. I say it because I believe it. And I believe it because I've studied it out. I'm trying to balance everything out what on this journey we're, we're, we're making together. You've got to find those sources and you have to do your homework. And it starts with getting right with God. That's the foundation. Because without that, all the buffeting we get, it's going to rock you. It's going to knock you. It's going to toss you off your game. Hey, you're listening to the Joe Carey Show. And... I, I, I want to say this. Even now, there are stories emerging from yesterday. Well, they were Trump supporters that broke into the Capitol. No, no, they were Antifa infiltrators. I saw something in the Washington Times saying that facial recognition software has identified, you know, some percentage of these alleged Trump supporters as Antifa infiltrators. Then you're seeing stories. Well, the Capitol Police let them in. And I saw the video. And I'm thinking to myself, you know, it's just like that uh, suitcase they found or ballot box they found under that table in Georgia, right? You see them pulling the, the thing out from under the table after they've told everyone to go home. I still haven't heard an explanation of why that makes sense. Like why send people home and then start counting the ballots, especially the people that you're sending home are the people who are supposed to be watching you count the ballots. I still haven't heard a good explanation for that. But you're having all these questions raised. You're having all these concerns raised. And I'm not here to say that they're illegitimate or they're legitimate. What I'm saying is that each side is going to feed you the facts that they want you to believe. Because it's rare now to get someone who's really going to stand up and say, you know what, this, this isn't right. Like, I was there. I saw this. Because sources which we looked to previously and that we considered trustworthy, they have squandered that trust. So where do you look? Where do you turn? And my response to that would be, you've got to turn inward. You've got to know who you are and where you stand. Look at George Washington, right? His 100, what was it, 101 rules or 110 rules of civility. It wasn't just about being polite. It wasn't just about standing, you know, when a woman enters the room. Something about putting your false teeth on the table too. But I mean, it wasn't just about manners, it was really designed by this drive to do what? Be a better person. Like get in tune with, with your better self, with who you really are. Because once you conquer that fight, once you win that battle, it's a lot harder for these other forces to influence you. That's why Ben Franklin did the same thing, right? He had a list of 13 virtues. Every week, he said, I'm going to work on a different virtue. Patience, charity, temperance, chastity. And he said his goal was to live that virtue perfectly for that week. Right? And every 13 weeks, you're rotating through another virtue. So I guess that's four times a year. 
four times a year you that that virtue pops up. And at the end of his life, he was asked, you know, were you successful? Did you ever lead a life where you lived a particular virtue perfectly in its entirety for one week? And his response was, no, I never did. When it was when it was uh, patient's turn to live, you know, uh, that virtue perfectly he said I, I wasn't. Now, it does raise an issue on the you know, question of chastity during that week, but he said he never, never could do it, never could, never managed to do it. But we don't write him off as a failure because he, he failed to meet this higher standard that he, that he set for himself. We look at it and say it's the fight. It's the journey that was important. And we've got to look at it the same way. That's the approach that we need to take. It's fighting the fight. It's making the attempt that's truly the important thing. That's where we should be focused. That's what we need to be doing. But we don't even start the journey. And we, in many cases, I get the why. Because as soon as you set out, as soon as you step out of your foxhole and say, you know what, I'm leaving the gun, the armor, the bullets, I'm leaving them all in the foxhole, and I'm going to walk out onto the battlefield. Because people look at that and say, you're going to get eviscerated. You're going to be mowed down. You're not going to get very far. So we don't make the attempt. We don't even try. And because we don't try, we will never succeed. We'll never see where that goes. But I've got to tell you, it is bad. And it's going to get worse. I was just reading in Denmark. There is a new cartoon. This is a kid's cartoon, a cartoon for kids. Do you know what the theme is? A kid's cartoon in Denmark, the man with the longest penis. I'm thinking, what? How do you make a cartoon out of that? Oh, well, this guy uses his, you know, he uses his penis for a light. He can, he can light a barbecue with it. I haven't seen the cartoon. I was kind of curious, like, well, okay, I mean, how does that work? He can fly with it. And as you look at them, this is the best we can do for our kids. This is the best we can do. Because if that's what they're being exposed to as kids, you think it's going to get better as they get older? No. But that's what you're up against because these institutions, right, which we used to look at, which used to say, you know what, wow, we're part of this fight. We've got to protect the, the family. We've got to protect the individual. We've got to protect – you get the impression it's every man, woman, child for, for themselves. And you, sometimes you get the impression, hey, there's no one here that's got my six. There's no one here that has my back. Now, that's not true. I think a lot of the institutions institutionally – yeah, they're collapsing. And it's horrible. It's horrible to see it. But there's also a lot of signs that are positive. There's a lot of signs that are absolutely amazing. You know, my, uh, my grandmother passed away last week. And, uh, you know, being here with my mom, 100 years old. Your big daily activity, she would walk around the neighborhood, even at 100. You know, she started walking around the neighborhood, and as she got older, she wouldn't walk as far, right? So instead of walking maybe two miles, it became a mile. Then it became half a mile. Then it became the block. Then it became half a block. Then it became, let me just walk up and down in front of the house and, you know, on the sidewalk. When she passed away, you know what I've been impressed by? the number of people in this community that have stopped by to, to, to express their condolences to uh, her daughter, who have dropped off flowers or a card. That's the difference I'm talking about. 
because that's a life that has brought people together. Right? That's a life where we say, you know what? I've been a messenger for good. But today we, we have the mistaken notion that, well, unless I'm an influencer, unless my name's in lights, you know, it, it, it's, it's not. That's the fake standard that we've set for ourselves. But I will tell you, any one of us that can leave this world with the accolades and the recognition that my grandmother did, that is a life well lived. That is a life worth living. So don't fall into that other trap. Don't fall into the trap that, well, you know what? Politics is most important. It's not. It's just not. Never has been, never will be. But just as assuredly, politicians will do everything they can to convince you that that is the case, right? They're going to do everything they can to, to tell you, hey, you've got to donate. You've got to. That's why what was it half a billion dollars. I said quarter of a billion. It turned out half a billion dollars in total spent on those four Senate races in Georgia. For what? I don't look at that as a symbol that we're, we're a strong country. I look at it as, well, that's, that's a sickness. We spend half a billion dollars on four people. They have that much influence. They have that much power. Is it really? That's not a good thing. More than ever, let's begin 2021 with the pledge that we will take the time every day. Get right with God, however you define him, that higher power. Get right with God. Make those decisions that bring you closer to him, that make you happier too. Take the time to help people, right? Be kind. Sincerely. Don't be like the guy that called and asked for grandpa. Be kind. Stay tuned. The Brian Hyde Show up next right here on the Fed by Ravens Media Network.